time I have the honor to present to you the moral leader of our nation. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I am happy to join with you today 
in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. One hundred years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. One hundred years later, The Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. And so we've come here today to dramatize the shameful condition. In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. They were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. So we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice.
we have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children. It would be fatal for the nation to overlook the urgency of the moment. This sweltering summer of the Negro's legitimate discontent will not pass until there is an invigorating autumn of freedom and equality. 1963 is not an end, but a beginning. Those who hoped that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual. There will be neither rest nor tranquility in America until the Negro is granted his citizenship rights. The whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. But that is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice in the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. We must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protests to degenerate into physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. The marvelous new militancy which has engulfed the Negro community must not lead us to a distrust of all white people. For many of our white brothers, as evidenced by their presence here today, have come to realize that their destiny is tied up with our destiny. And they have come to realize that their freedom is inextricably bound to our freedom. We cannot walk alone. And as we walk, we must make the pledge that we shall always march ahead. We cannot turn back.
There are those who are asking the devotees of civil rights, when will you be satisfied? We can never be satisfied as long as the Negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality. We can never be satisfied. As long as our body is heavy with the fatigue of travel, cannot gain lodging in the motels of the highways and the hotels of the cities. We cannot be satisfied as long as the Negro's basic mobility is from a smaller ghetto to a larger one. We can never be satisfied as long as our children are stripped of their selfhood and robbed of their dignity by signs stating for whites only. We cannot be satisfied as long as a Negro in Mississippi cannot vote and a Negro in New York believes he has nothing for which to vote. No, no, we are not satisfied and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. I am not my unmindful that some of you have come here out of great trials and tribulations. Some of you have come fresh from narrow jail cells. Some of you have come from areas where your quest for freedom left you battered by the storms of persecution and staggered by the winds of police brutality. You have been the veterans of creative suffering. Continue to work with the faith that unearned suffering is redemptive. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friend, so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American what? dream. How's it going? I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the truth of its it. creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, I have to go to a, um, sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners, will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream.
that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor, having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. Yeah. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day with all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, <coughs> let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the crevaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, and when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, 
free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last.
This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. Testing, testing, one, two. Testing, testing, one, two, three, four. Okay, maybe we're <laughs> we're folks, but we'll get it together, hopefully. Somehow the connection is When I first totally saw the tweet this morning, I was frankly low. disgusted. I thought to myself, this dude yeah. has got such a fixation with women and blood. What is wrong with him? And then you remember that this dude, this disgusting dude, is the president. All right, George Walter Jr. show is on the air. Uh, sorry, we've, we've slow startup, slow. Uh, it was just everything was just slowing down, and there was a poor connection. So I want to apologize to my guest, Tamika Anderson. She was, uh, I saw her um, uh, uh, call in on my board here, and but uh, we were having a totally, totally difficulty. It happens once in a while, folks. But anyway. I want to apologize to my guest, Tamika Anderson, and hope she will uh, another at another time, or she can, uh, you know, um, call back. You know, <laughs> that's always a possibility. Uh, the George Wilder Jr. Show hopefully is now on the air. Uh, it is 6:47 straight up Chicago time. And uh, at the beginning of the show, let hold it. Let, uh, at the beginning of the show. We did a Martin Luther King. We, at the beginning of the show, at the very beginning of the show, we, um, I did uh, uh, a Martin Luther King. I have a dream speech because this is uh, this is the last day for Black History Month. It may, <laughs> and I still think the speech has some relevance of today. And once again, I want to apologize to. To all my listeners who were cut off from the show uh, because of a poor connection or whatever, poor internet connection, because this is uh, internet uh, radio, you know. So, and and when you're on the uh, when you're on the internet radio, uh, Wi-Fi, you're out there, you know, you're you're out there in cyberspace someplace. But uh, and things happen, things happen, and uh, it this hasn't happened for a while. But I I always expect something. To go wrong. So if you, uh, at the beginning of the show, I think about 30 minutes into the show, 20 or 30 minutes into the show, if there was any breakup or cracking, I totally apologize. It's all because of a slow internet connection, uh, something to that effect. But it seemed to be okay now, you know, okay now. But anything can happen um, uh, anytime you're on the internet. I mean, you can be hacked, you know, uh, things can go you know, haywire, you know, but if you're lucky enough, things will get back to normal. And I'm hoping that things are back to normal 
right now because I just love doing the show. I love, you know, uh, everything about it. I love the guests. I've had some great guests on the show uh, in the last week and a half. And these guys and, and girls have been totally, totally phenomenal. And um, I want to thank them. And um, once again, I want to apologize to Mika Anderson. I will get in touch with her later and see if we can schedule her for a um, future show. Anyway, this is the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. It seems it seems as if we're back on the air <laughs> from a lot of uh, uh, confusion, technical difficulties, as they call them. And uh, I agree. <laughs> they are technical difficulties. We'll be right back and, and see if we can try to stop this from happening again, at least for this episode. A lot of people at this point in time are using the internet, and uh, maybe it's overloaded, folks. Who knows? And, and it's uh, affecting the George Walter Jr. show. That happens. <laughs> Making the world a better place, <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. Yeah, hopefully. All right, now that it seems things are at least for the moment back back in you know order or, or back being the way it should be, Hope Hicks is leaving the White House. Um, she's uh, Hicks, one of Trump's most trusted advisors, has reportedly become a focus of the Mueller probe, the Mueller probe, Bob Mueller's special counsel. I mean, this is probably the sixth, seventh, or eighth person that has left the Donald Trump White House. This is just, I mean, his, his, this is madness. I mean, this guy can't keep anybody around him. And also, there's no doubt about it, he corrupts people around him. And I think she was one of those folks that he corrupted. 
because she was uh, talking to Bob Mueller the other day, uh, the special counsel into Russia meddling in, into the 2016 election. Hope Hicks, long considered one of the pres- Donald Trump's uh, most trusted advisors, she is now resigning her job as White House communication director. I'll hope. <clears throat> okay, this is Donald Trump. He's saying that uh, Hope is outstanding and has done great work for the last three years. Donald Trump will say that about anybody. He just kicked the hell out of the White House. He doesn't want, because he doesn't want uh, the American people to think that there is chaos and, and just total, total, totally uh, travesty going on in the White House. He's going to say that about anybody. I, I believe he fired her. I, I think he fired her because as when he was talking to special counsel, Bob, when she was talking to special counsel Bob Mueller, you know, he said she was, she stated plainly and clearly that sometimes Trump wanted her to tell white lies. But she is expected to finish out her job in the next few weeks. Her resignation, her, her as I've just said, her resignation comes one day after her eight-hour testimony before the House Intelligence Committee, which is investigating Russia meddling into the 2016 presidential election. And according to reports, Hicks admitted during her testimony that Trump sometimes required her to tell white lies. Her departure has also come comes week after White House Staff Secretary Rob Porter, with whom Hicks has been romantically linked, okay, left his post over allegations that he physically abused his two wives. I'll tell you, folks, the, the White House, inside the White House, is just a plum mess. It's just a mess. We've got mafia boss Donald Trump and his mafia minions running the damn White House and the world. I mean, this is just crazy. I mean, uh, we have to take our country back. I mean, we just have to do it. And um, and I think we will do it because, you know, it, the, the signs are there all around the United States in, this, in these state houses and these district uh, runs. Democrats are just beating the hell out of Republicans. And the Republicans are quaking in their boots, especially uh, uh, leading up to the midterms. And you wonder why Donald Trump is not uh, we all know that Russia uh, installed him into the White House. There's no doubt about that. There's plenty of proof of that. But Donald Trump can't seem to acknowledge it. He can't seem to come out and say that Russia should not be meddling in the upcoming 2018 elections. He can't do that. Congress, they're pretty quiet on this also. They're not saying anything. I mean – and I, and I think this is treason. I, I really do, and a, and a lot of a lot of Americans do. I mean, anytime you're going against your own country for a foreign rogue country, uh, you're not standing up to protect the people of the United States, to protect America in general, and you're taking the side of a rogue country. That's treason. Trump, uh, Trump is not standing up to Russia. 
at all. And it makes us want to say, what the hell does Russia got on Trump? He can't stand up to Putin. He can't stand up to this rogue country, a country that is totally below the United States. What do they have on this man? Some people are guessing, but we don't know yet, but we are guessing. Um, Bob Mueller knows, and I'm pretty sure he's waiting with indictments uh, uh, to indict this guy. He, He has broken his oath to the Constitution to up and hold and protect the United States. He's not doing that. Because anytime uh, these intelligence agencies tell you that uh, Russia could meddle in the 2018 uh, midterms and Trump not come out and say, come out and say something to um, try to stop this or alleviate this, even when uh, you have uh, uh, officials saying that they could probably stop this. They could stop this if, if Trump and some other people within the White House would, would, would actually tell them to stop it. But Trump is not telling anyone in, in these intelligence agencies, these folks who can actually eliminate this threat, to stop it. Because I believe that Donald Trump wants the Russia, Russian to to meddle in the 2018 elections because he knows people are going to vote his ass out to the curb. So he wants he wants this meddling. He wants it all. The Congress wants it all because they if if Russia uh, meddles in this 2018 election like it did the six, 2016 election, a lot of these guys and girls feel Republicans feel that they're going to uh, be able to continue in their jobs. I don't think so. My, my thinking is that even if Russia meddles in the 2018 midterm elections, it will be because I'm pretty sure a lot of these agencies are not going to just let a foreign country come into uh, 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 do do the kind of things uh, uh, that they wanted to, like messing and meddling into uh, the United States uh, of America and its elections. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think that the Republicans are are uh, dead meat at this point. I mean, they can rely on Russia all they want, but I think um, the way Americans are so pissed off at this administration, they'd walk through burning fire to vote. You know, so uh, Russia may have some some. Um, influence in the election, upcoming elections, but they won't have too much, too much. Because one of the reasons why I'll say, I say they will not have too much influence in the upcoming midterm uh, American elections is because we know more about it now. We know more about, about it now. We know more about what's happening and we're going to be ready for it and we're going to be prepared for it. Even if Donald Trump and the Republicans refuses, which they're, which they're doing now, refuse to confront Russia on their meddling in the United States and its elections. That's a shame. You have a president of the United States who will not back, who will not back and protect the dignity 
of the United States because he is a Russian spy. I've said that several times. I will say that again. I think Trump is in it with the Russians really, really deep. And it has to be the money. It has to be the money. Uh, he is really, really into it with the Russians, folks. There is no doubt about it. And I know you know it. And I know that Americans around the Americans everywhere know it. And I, I do believe people around the world know the same thing. This man is in it with the Russians. And whatever he's done, he's done it. He is guilty as hell. I mean, I've never seen a person who's supposedly not guilty act so guilty. <laughs> and we know he's guilty. Congress knows he's guilty. Trump knows he's guilty. I don't know uh, uh, what it is. Russia has Putin. Russia has something on Donald Trump. What is it? Money laundering? Collusion? We know all about obstruction. So I, I'm with Keith Olbermann. I think Donald Trump is going down. He's danced around some of this stuff, but not quite everything. Because Bob Mueller doesn't get him for collusion with the Russians. He's going to get him for money laundering. And if he doesn't get, it for, get him for money laundering, he's going to get this guy for obstruction of justice. And Donald Trump has obstructed justice every time he opened his mouth. So he's done it several times, and we all know it. So we know he's guilty of that. He's guilty of that. And we know he is treasonous. That's another thing Bob Mueller could get him out of that White House for is treason. Linking up with a foreign country against your own country. And it, it goes back, what the hell has Russia have on Trump? They've got something on him. And I, I do know one thing, he's scared as hell. He's quaking in his boots. He's going to lose his job. Uh, he, he's going to lose uh, his power, the power to destroy the United States in the name of Russia. And I totally believe that. He wants to destroy this country in the name of Putin. We have to get this guy out. Okay, we uh, we have to vote, folks. We have to vote in every election, in every state house, every every city, every um, state uh, where there's a where there's blue vote uh, uh, running against red. We don't want red. We want all blue. So vote, 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 vote. We got to vote these crazy people out. And one of the things uh, that's good for us is that we have the young people on our side. Yeah. Thanks to Donald Trump and the, and the NRA, we have the young people on our side. Uh, and um, those young folks who will be turning 18 this year, leading up to the midterm elections, they are going to help us in voting out these Republicans. And I've said this before, the, the Republicans, uh, uh, they messed with the wrong people, the young people. They've messed with the wrong people, uh, especially on gun control. Oh, uh, the Republicans, the, these young people know that the, these young 
people know that the majority of the Republicans, if not all, are bought and paid for by the NRA and other gun lobbyists. And the hell with what they want, the hell with people dying, the hell with people starving to death, they don't give a damn. Yeah, that's another thing. I'm hearing that the Trump administration, they have uh, uh, kind of looked the other way on SNAP benefits. <laughs> yeah, uh, as as we all know, uh, they wanted to uh, who was getting food stamps around America, they was going to sell the food stamps for boxes that will be delivered every month to your door. So now the Trump administration is saying, wow, if we do something like that right now, we're going to be really wiped out in the midterms. It doesn't matter what the Trump administration, if they did that now, whether they did it now or they do it after the election, they will be wiped out no matter what. Just the thought of uh, of starving kids, starving uh, uh, poor people, starving old people is just not the American way. We don't do that. However, Trump and the low-down Republicans, they do it. So they're saying, well, we're not going to do that right now. Well, you're, you're never going to do it. Because Trump, Trump is talking about... Uh, I, I, I think I read somewhere where Trump has just hired a new campaign manager for his 20, 2020 election. Hell, he's not going to be around that long, hopefully. And if he is, and if he is around in 2020, he's not going to win a second term as president of the United States. There is something totally off about this man. He should not be in the Oval Office. He should not be on anybody's television or computer. Because I've talked to so many people, and they, and they say every time they see Trump come on that television, they cut it off. They rush and cut it off, almost breaking the knobs off the television or the remote control, trying to cut that, <laughs> trying to get Trump off their television. So do I. But sometimes he sneaks through, you know, because he's the president of the United States, so. And he, Trump, is so disliked. I, I don't think I could do a job where people, so many people are in my country and around the world dislikes me. How do you, how do you fathom that? Trump has a, Trump has a target on his back. Whether he's president, uh, once he leaves the office. There is somebody somewhere, you know, is going to be so pissed off at him, you know, for doing what he's done. He's in a lot of trouble, I think. There's always a target on his back. And he's always saying that uh, his job, actually, he was saying that, he, that, I can't think of what he was saying. I'm stuttering. He said that um, he missed his old life. Yeah, that's what it was. He misses his old life. Well, Trump, if you miss your old life, then go back to it. Get the hell out of the White House because that's not for you. And I remember it being reported that he called the White House a dump. That sounds like something he would say. He later denied it. But in my world, that's something that Donald Trump would say, you know, that the White House was a dump. If it's a dump, then get the hell out of it. If you want to go back to your old life, then, then get the hell out of the White House. 
I think he I think he enjoys the power. He hasn't gotten much power because he he's being checked. Believe me, somebody somewhere is checking him. I don't know. Uh, I I don't think Congress is checking him that much, but he's being checked. And now I'm hearing that Congress they're trying to do something on gun control. They do something on gun control. That's when I will believe them because there's so much lying in this administration. It, it it's it's awful. Now Hope Hicks saying that Donald Trump um, every now and then told her to tell a white lie. And we know that's true because that's all Donald Trump does is lie. And even if he tried to tell the truth, uh, his lies just overwhelmingly take the cake of the icing off of everything. If if he's telling the truth, truth about something we got no we got to fact check that no he's lying <laughs> and majority of the time he's lying all right you've been listening to the george wilder jr show once again i want to i i i feel so bad that i didn't get to uh talk to uh, tamika anderson uh because of the deals that we were having um with internet with the internet Anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Let's see if we can do something here that's interesting. <laughs> I, I, Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump, it's Dixon White here sending a video letter directly to you, sir. And the only reason I call you sir is because the office that you hold is supposed to be a respectable office. But so I just want to speak directly to you, Mr. Trump. I know you may never get this video. Maybe you will, though, because at least I have white skin like you. But first, I wanted to applaud you for one thing, and only one thing. Um, Many racists in politics are very covert. So I applaud you for being an open racist, and I applaud you for at least letting us see just how racist you are, and it's now it's it's well established worldwide that you are a bona fide white supremacist. Um, there's not a nation that hasn't condemned you as a racist. So you have dishonored and disgraced one of the the highest office offices in the land. But I wanted to say one thing. You made a comment yesterday about shithole countries, poor black brown countries. So because they're poor because they're black and brown and not white or European, you consider them shitholes. Well, I wanted to give you an accurate definition of a shithole nation. A shithole nation, by definition, would be a nation like America that allows and tolerates a racist to operate in their highest office, the presidency. That is a shithole nation. A nation that tolerates a racist president. There is no worse pile of shit or turd in the toilet out of all the other countries than a great nation like America that allows its president to be an open white supremacist 
and then yeah. to allow them to continue to function as president. That's the biggest turd in the pot, or as you say, the biggest shithole. Why? Because you, Mr. Trump, are the shit, the turd, in the White House that's staining and putting the foul odor all over our nation. And of course, the only reason you're there is because you're a racist. You're a complete and utter idiot with no competency whatsoever to be where you're at. The only reason you're there is because we had a black president and our racist nation wanted a racist president after a black president. So until America can get past its racism, which I don't know if it ever has, because there's one thing about black folks, Mr. Trump. Black folks have always understood one thing. The more things change in this country, the more they stay the same. You are living proof that any white person, no matter how racist they are, and matter of fact, racism is actually more of a compliment in this nation. It's like apple pie racism in America. They go hand in hand. If you're a white American, you're a racist, and you've, and you've proven that. And not only you're a racist, if you're a racist, you get rewarded for being a racist in this country. Why? Because we are a racist organization called America. Fact. And nothing has changed. In 400 years, what has really changed? We're still seeing black and brown folks executed in the street. Not that you and Jeff Sessions or any of your racist motherfucking cabinet care. You don't give a fuck about justice for people of color. You're all a group of white nationalists. So I just want to tell you, here's one white guy, and I'm telling you personally, Donald Trump, kiss my white fat ass. I hate you, Donald Trump. I literally hate you. And I pray to God, you get impeached. You're an embarrassment to our nation and upon the world. Please do us all a favor and resign. The only people that want you in office are more racist. And yes, I know that our country, the majority of white people are racist. And the majority of white people totally and completely support you. I really believe that. Because they're not supporting you, then they're silently ignoring your racism. But anyhow, please do us all a favor. In Congress, please act to remove this racist motherfucker and his racist administration, or Congress is no better. Please remove this racist motherfucker from office. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. Folks, we are in some trying times. We are in some dark times. We must fight for an America without hate. We must fight for an America without bigotry. We must fight for an America without racism. We must fight for our rights. We must fight to continue to be Americans. Some of those rights are being threatened, taken away. But we have to get out here and fight the good fight. 
you know, and it has to be done, folks. It has to be in a non-violent way. We know how to do things non-violently. So let's go out and make our voices heard, fighting non-violently. Donald Trump could not have had a worse response to the recent tragedy that took place in Parkland, Florida. Um, last weekend, he goes down to South Florida because he wanted to go to Mar-a-Lago, but he decides he's going to stop by. He's going he's to see the first responders. And in that picture, this big doofus is giving the biggest smile you've ever seen along with his thumbs up because he's just so damn happy to be there, Right. 17 people were killed by a weapon that should be illegal because 14 years ago it was illegal. And he thinks the smart thing to do is to sit there grinning like an idiot with his thumbs up, acting like he's done something great. Then he gives a speech about the issue, doesn't once mention the word gun, and instead says this is a mental health issue while completely glossing over the fact that he personally repealed an Obama-era rule that made it harder for mentally ill people to get their hands on guns. Donald Trump owns this tragedy every way you slice it. And he kind of understands that, I think. Because according to reports, on Saturday, Donald Trump, while at Mar-a-Lago, after golfing earlier in the day just a few miles away from where parents were burying their children, Donald Trump asked his wealthy buddies at Mar-a-Lago, what should we do about gun control in the United States. That's right, Donald Trump is not turning to policy experts. He's not turning to researchers or doctors or any kind of person who knows anything about anything and instead is asking the people who are paying $200,000 initiation fee to be able to walk through the doors at Mar-a-Lago what they think should be done about gun control in the United States. What do you think Mr. Wealthy Real Estate Developer, what are your thoughts on this tragedy? What do you think, Mr. Hedge Fund Manager? What should we do about guns? I know you don't know anything about them, but what do you think? How do we protect our kids? How is your money going to keep these children safe? Well, it's not, and neither is Donald Trump. He doesn't take the issue seriously. He is attempting every which way to shift the blame onto someone else or something else Mental health issues, you know, there's not enough security at schools, everything but the fact that this AR-15 rifle should not have been in a civilian's hands. And I don't think he got any decent answers there at Mar-a-Lago either because we didn't see him tweeting about it the next two, three days afterwards. He didn't say, hey, I just spoke with a bunch of Wall Street brokers and we together have fixed the issue of gun violence here in the United States. That didn't happen because the president doesn't take it seriously. And if he did, he would be out there talking to people who actually understand what happened. He'd be out there talking to the parents or more importantly, he'd be talking to the survivors, the survivors that showed up in Washington, DC, the survivors who on social media are demanding that something be done because their friends are now in boxes in the ground. Think about that. There are plenty of people out there that want to talk gun control policy with you, Mr. President. Your wealthy buddies at Mar-a-Lago aren't any of them. If you're thinking about subscribing to our channel, I strongly encourage you to do that. But if you're not thinking about subscribing, 
I would encourage you to. All right. Welcome back to the George Wanda Jr. Show. Uh, earlier, we had some difficulties uh, that seem to be over now. Anyway, um, it is 721 straight up Chicago time uh, in the city of Chicago, Central Standard Time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging in there. <laughs> Thanks for understanding that sometimes things happen. And it's always about making the world a better place. And 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 it is needed more than ever now. You know, uh, one show at a time, hate, lies, bullying, ha- they have no place here on the George Walter Jr. Show. Don't worry about meeting their expectations. Worry about meeting your own expectations. Be nice to one another. It's, it is so easy. The George Walter Jr. Show is on the air. We've had on tomorrow. We'll be off Friday. Yeah, I've just uh, been invited to um, to play guitar with a bunch of other people. Uh, just sit back and have fun, maybe you know, and get all the information that I can about doing shows, um, uh, playing the guitar, and that's what it's all about. Because sometimes I feel like I just have to start my life over again from 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 wherever what it should. And I think you should do that too. Find yourself something to do. Find something that you love doing and do it. You know, do not sit around being bored or depressed or with nothing to do. Find something that you love doing and do it. That's what it's all about, folks. Uh, find something creative. Find something that is fun. Find something um, that will keep you busy. Uh, where you won't get, you know, lonely or depressed or anything like that, because that's mental. So, you know, it's a lot of things out there we can do without time. I mean, you got people out here doing great things with their time, you know, and uh, and a lot of them are finding their hobbies, uh, doing whatever they want to do, and turning their hobbies into money-making ventures. It is so many. It is so, such a great thing to see so many young people out here in America, doing great things with their time, great things with their talent, not not just going to school or just uh, hanging out with friends, but they're doing great things. They love their country. They love, uh, uh, they don't want to see their country destroyed. They, they, they love democracy. You know, they love being, they, they love entrepreneurship. Uh, it, it's great to see people uh, doing the things that they love. And it doesn't matter what age you are. I mean, you can be, you know, 15 to 115. Uh, do something uh, constructive with your life. I mean, that's what it's all about. Do something constructive. Do something that you love. Uh, a harp back on your dreams, on, on your goals. Be very ambitious. Get out here and do something. Make something of your life. You know, and that's, that and that's and I'm talking to young people now because I do know that young people need that. You got so many young people out here; they don't know what direction that they want to go in their life, and that's dangerous. That is dangerous. You have to have a direction uh, that you're going to take in your life, you know. And it's not just a mere job. I mean, do something in your community, do something for your country, do something for your school. Do something for your family, you know, and all of these things are, are 
will build self-esteem. There's no doubt about it. A lot of these things will build self-esteem. So no matter what age you are, go after your dream. But, you know, some people, they don't have dreams. Some people don't have goals. Some people don't have ambition. And I, I feel sorry for those folks because they're, go, they're on their way down. You have to be creative. You have to have ambition. You have to have a goal. You have to have a dream in order to uh, be something in America or anywhere, you know, or you will be nothing. So I, I always try to talk to young people because I know a lot of young people are out there and I know they're listening to the show. And I always try to encourage young people to be the best at what they can be. Uh, I try to encourage young people to uh, do something that's great for themselves, for their family, and for the country, and for their neighborhood, and for their community. Do something super, you know, not just sit around and mull around and do anything. You're not going to get anywhere that way. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Once again, I this is probably a broken record. <laughs> it sounds like a broken record. Anyway, I want to um, apologize again to my guest, uh, 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 Tamika Anderson, and er every other guest, and to my callers. Uh, there, We had a problem with the show earlier. Um, I, I believe it was a slow connection or something like that. And uh, I think around five to ten minutes later, we were back on the air. So this will be a complete show. Uh, it will be a complete show because basically um, the George Wilder Jr. show is back on the air. Back on the air.
uh, George Water Jr. shows up uh, just about on the air. Thanks for sticking by. Have a great evening. Have a great weekend. Whichever comes first. Ha, 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 ha.